0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zuma Radio.
1: Welcome back. Why aren't we doing anything about a returning ISIS fighter named Abu Huzaifa al Khanadi, At least that's his uh, ISIS code name. He admitted to going abroad to join the Islamic State. He's told the New York Times that he killed people, although he has taken that part back at least a few Times. Uh, so we have him talking to the New York Times in one of their podcasts, a warning it is disturbing uh, take a listen
2: After you pulled that trigger does he just fall? Um, you feel the pressure from the gun and everything and you then they fall forward and...
1: Well uh, you know he, he has said that taken it back, said it And while our government seems to know where he is, seems to be intent on rehabilitating returning jihadis, other governments have a different approach. Uh, Rory Stewart, a U.K. minister of international development, said last week that the only uh, way of dealing with British citizens who joined ISIS is to kill them. British have also been active in stripping citizenship from dual nationals and banning them from returning to the U.K. stated explicitly that its mission is to make sure that any foreign fighters who joined ISIS in Syria die there, Australia and France, taking a similar approach. As you know, uh, here in Canada, uh, famously, the prime minister has said a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. Um, Ralph Goodale uh, says Canada does not engage in death squads. Uh, and he said that Canada will pursue criminal charges where possible, and withdraw passports. Uh, that's only happened to two returnees. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, isn't there enough to put this guy away at the very least? We're going to start with Phil Gersky, who is the president and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consultants. Hi, Phil.
3: Hi, Libby. How are you today?
1: Fine. How are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you.
1: Okay, well, well, what do you think um, that the government seems to be just leaving this guy alone?
3: Well, that's not entirely true. We do know this individual has been interrogated or questioned by CSIS and the RCMP uh, on occasions in the past, and I'm assuming that they're probably still in, in developing their investigation on him. Um, I agree with you, and I think most Canadians want to see something happening, and I think that. We don't know what he did because he keeps retracting his story, so there's, there's uncertainty surrounding that. There's also uncertainty whether a confession is, in and of itself, enough to lay a charge. But, uh, but is, there is enough to lay a charge that he left Canada, uh, of his own accord, to join Islamic State. That's a criminal criminal offence, and in my mind, I've written about this extensively. That should be enough to lay a charge of, of leaving the country to join a terrorist group. So beyond that, I think the government's making its case. Um, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. And and, and the biggest problem is that if they want to develop a case, can they actually collect evidence in a place like Syria to to, to lay charges? That's a real challenge under Canadian law.
1: Um, Yeah, how how come um, other countries are able to, um, you know, get on with this uh, or strip people of their citizenship uh, in um, a much more, uh, you know, effective way?
3: Well, I think each country has their own set of laws, right? And, 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 and each country will deal with it as their own criminal codes and their own policies will dictate. And I um, don't disagree with removing passports of people who intend to leave the country that hasn't done in the past. And I have no issues with people being charged with a criminal under the code. But again, um, we, we just saw yesterday in a case in Toronto where there was a terrorism case that The person was acquitted. And the judge said he couldn't be a terrorist because he didn't belong to a group. So it seems the laws aren't all that clear right now. So we have to maybe look at our laws, and we have to give agencies like the RCMP, especially the RCMP that collects evidence, because it doesn't collect evidence, it collects intelligence, to, a case to charge this guy. So, you know, stay tuned. He may, in fact, eventually be charged. It certainly is political pressure to to do something. There's no question about that. So I'd be very surprised if we don't see in the next couple of weeks or months a uh, arrests made and, and charges laid against this person.
1: Oh, okay. So you think it might just be um, a matter of time. Uh, th- the answer uh, to the opposition in Parliament was, uh, I can't answer that because uh, because for security reasons. Is- was that a reasonable answer in your view?
3: Well, you know, the minister is not going to say st- thesis is doing this and the RFMP is doing it. I spent far too long at thesis to, to uh, you know, acknowledge that. You don't have an open book or transparent policy towards Canadians. But I, I do think that investigation is ongoing. I do think he's being looked at. And I think that they are, they're assessing, okay, does he pose a threat? And the, and the answer to that seems we're not sure. He's been back in the country for a year and a half and not done a damn thing. That suggests he doesn't pose an immediate threat. But the fact remains, he did join Islamic State. He may have killed at least two people. He was certainly radicalized. There's no question about that. And I, and I wrote a whole book called Western Foreign Fighters Phenomenon. So I, th- I think the threat is potentially there. And I have faith in the P that they will investigate to the best of their abilities. And if the, if the RCMP gets enough evidence to charge then the Crown will lay charges in this
2: case. Uh,
1: you have written about this extensively. Uh, what's your view of our uh, so-called de-radicalization efforts? And, and the government seems to have a huge commitment to this.
3: Well... You know, Libby, this is a, I mean, I'm not a fan of de radicalization for the simple reason that I can't really measure it. There's a term called disengagement, which, which is much more easily observed because you change your behavior, you change people you hang around with, you change the websites that you visit. I have no issues with rehabilitation in the long term, but what I think I, I would demand, and I think Canadians demand, is that somebody who left the country to join a terrorist guilty of give an offense, and they should be charged, and there should be a certain penalty for that. If down the road, change your mind, then great. And this this young man seems to have expressed remorse for what he did. That's great. I mean, better than not expressing remorse. Still, he committed an offense, and, and he had, should perhaps pay some kind of price for that offense. But if eventually he you know he becomes a, a normal Canadian, then I'm happy, and, and you're happy. And we're all happy. But still, there's a minimum that has to be done in, in the in the immediate term to recognize the seriousness of the offense. He joined a heinous, brutal, violent terrorist group. And we can't just dismiss that as always, oh, you know, he's having a bad day or this is a phase. No, no, this is this is a serious offense under our under our criminal code, and that's what I think needs to be applied at this point in time. Rehabilitation, sure, but much further down the road.
1: Okay, uh, Phil Gursky, thanks so much for being with us.
3: My pleasure. Love you. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye bye. Okay, people, I'm going to give uh, the numbers to call. We are discussing the case of this returning ISIS fighter. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, he has a code name, Abu Huzaifa al Kanadi, means Abu Huzaifa the Canadian. Uh, and uh, the opposition was questioning the government about why this guy has not been charged and put away why is he hanging around. Um, he has a uh, Talked to the New York Times in a podcast where he described uh, even more graphically, I must say, than in the clip we heard here earlier, uh, shooting people. He's then retracted that, so we don't know what the heck he's done. We're talking about that. Uh, What do you think should happen? Are you satisfied with the government's response that, uh, trust us, we're on it, Uh, though nothing seems to happen? The number's to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're taking a quick break, and we will be back with Ross McLean to discuss this further.
0: Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here
1: with Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert, and we are talking about the case of this returning jihadi, uh, who has been giving all kinds of interviews to the media, to the CBC, to the New York Times. Uh, He admits to going overseas to join the Islamic State. He lied to immigration when he came back here. He told the New York Times point blank that uh, he killed people, But he's roaming around freely, and uh, a lot of people, especially the opposition, is wondering why the heck that is. Ross?
4: Yeah, listen, I thought that was a a good interview with Phil, because he was was very direct. I'm not used to hearing that sort of directness from someone who used to work uh, for the government that much when they're talking about things. But he was clear about this. With his experience, and he has a lot of it dealing particularly with this area, he sees no reason that he shouldn't be charged. Sees no reason. He's suggesting, well, we can wait for the investigation to go on a bit. But he clearly sees there's evidence there to charge. So my question is, why is he not charged? Why is he out walking around? This information about, well, if you show remorse, it's okay. There's lots of killers who are remorseful, who say to the cops when they arrest him, ah, geez, I'm sorry, I did it. Too bad. You paid the time for doing the crime. And, you know, I have to tell you, as I looked at this interview for the way he talked about things, he admits to being involved in at least two deaths. At least two deaths. And when I read his language, actually, he talks about them in multiples. When you shoot them in the the back of the head, they fall over. They taught us how to behead people, not just a person. So when he talks about it, he talks about it in terms of multiple people. So he's over there. He's involved in serious terrorist activities. He left here. He's got a verbal confession to it in his own word, not forced, not coerced, saying that he did it. And I believe there's enough evidence there to charge him for multiple offenses. And I believe... I'll just finish with this part here. It'll be going on for a bit. It's the government's job to give us the public confidence that when they say they're dealing with this issue, they're dealing with it. And I deal with some law enforcement people, some lawyers, uh, some people, when I talk to them, and they say, don't worry, I'm looking after it. I look at them, and I believe them, because I know how they act, I know what they do. I'm not sure that I, doesn't sound like Phil does, or the public has confidence that that's what's being done here.
1: Well, no. Uh, and, And, you know, what... Why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, we know that the government is uh, committed to de-radicalization. Could that be it? Could he be doing some work for the government that we're not being told about?
4: No, let me, let me say another thing. And you always do good interviews, Libby. I like, I like the information you get at people when you talk to them. Something that Phil said when you were talking to him. And he apparently was on the de-radicalization program for CSIS. So he's the guy to talk about it. And he said to you, this is a question I would have asked him. He said to you, he says, yeah, de-radicalization, but what's the proof of it? There's no numbers attached to it. Well, yeah. And I have absolutely zero confidence that de-radicalization works without numbers, without proof.
1: Well, I mean, how do you prove somebody can say whatever whatever they think you want them to say? Yeah,
4: and you have to be able to put numbers to this. And psychologists can't put numbers to this. You can say someone was radical on a scale of 1 to 10 between 0 and 1. Oh, they're just a 2, and we were able to help them. But when they're over a 6, there's no helping. Like So there's numbers that they could give us to show that this means something. But to have a killer... Walking amongst us to have a bunch of people who have been involved with ISIS walking amongst us who potentially are over here training and working and dealing with other people. I don't think that's acceptable to the public. I, 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 you know, I'm sickened by seeing some of the people who die at the hands of these terrorists, Libby. Innocent people, innocent people. And the RCMP uh, had been on them before, like the guy who ran over the, uh, the military person in Quebec, they were de-radicalizing and talking to him. That's nice. He sat in his car, just went out and ran over the, uh, the, the, our military person, killed him. And he had a big, giant knife on him, too. I guess he was trying to do something else, except the cops got on him fast. So I think we need a little bit more confidence, a little bit more strong language. We need a, an Elliot Ness somewhere to come forward in our government or law enforcement to say, trust me, I'm dealing with these people.
1: Okay. Uh, you mentioned the public. Let's go to the public. We've got uh, Merced in Toronto. Hi. Hi, my name is Merced.
2: Yes, go ahead. Yes, I agree. They should be put to jail. They should all be punished and killed. My father is a criminal lawyer, and he said if you did something wrong, you have to put in jail and be punished. Okay, yeah. Thanks. What, what's what's your
4: background, you. Merced? Where where are you from?
2: I'm a Filipino Canadian.
4: Okay. Yeah, I've and been it's,
2: here in Canada for 50 years. Ah, okay. And my father's a criminal lawyer, and my mother's a corporate lawyer, and we are 12 families, six boys and six girls, Wow! all alive.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: well, that's good. Yeah, that's... we had our family reunion two days ago, before Mother's
1: Day, and we celebrated very nicely. Okay, thanks for that, Merced. Let's go to Cheryl in Toronto. Hello, Cheryl. Hi, how are you living? Fine, how are you? Good. So. I'm just appalled that
2: these people actually can walk around the city. I, I don't understand how Trudeau can let him come back into the country. He's here for a year and a half. He hasn't been charged just with the mere fact that he left on his own regard to join ISIS. He's committed to crimes, and he's still walking around. Why can't Canada be like the other countries and stop being trying to be so politically correct? Like, let's deal with these people.
4: You know, absolutely. And and in fact, I didn't get a chance to mention it earlier, but there's a part of the criminal code section 481 subsection 2 that says if uh, normally criminal code applies to crimes you do here in Canada, we can charge you here in Canada. But that section says if you commit a crime somewhere else in another country that would also be a crime if it was committed in Canada and you're a Canadian citizen and you're back here, you can be charged and tried under that crime, even though you committed it somewhere else.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, and these, um, you know, wouldn't that person be considered an enemy combatant at the very least?
4: At the very least. And what does this say about the Canadian passport when any Canadian has to go to another country now? When other countries are going to look and say, oh, yeah, Maybe you traveled to Pakistan before, or Syria before, or something like that. They look at it. And now all Canadians, our passport is going to be seen as something that we don't enforce, that doesn't stand for something anymore. I I think it's a big problem. And look, these bad terrorist groups, they know where the countries are that they can go to and and raise money and and do their terrorist activities. They know where they are, and we don't want them coming here.
2: And, And Trudeau has simply allowed that to happen. And Canada is not, when you're a Canadian citizen and you go away and you commit crimes and you come back canada canada for him to say canadians are canadians and canadians no that's not right you get people that sell pot on the street i'm just saying that whatever or and they're you know put in jail for 10 years as an example and here this guy's actually committed serious crimes and who's not to say he's out
1: recruiting uh <clears throat> We can't can certainly say that.
2: Well,
4: you know what? He is recruiting because he's on air with the <laughs> New York the New York Times on the podcast talking about his exploits. You know, there's actually rules that if you're a killer uh, and you try to profit from your crimes for doing it, you're not allowed to do that. There's laws against that for doing that sort of stuff. Here he is out marketing himself, you know, as someone. Oh, yeah, I learned how to behead people. They taught me how to behead. Oh, yeah, we shot this one guy. in the back. And as you said, very, very graphic what he's describing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheryl, thanks for your call. Thank you, Libby. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are talking about this returning ISIS fighter and the fact that um, Canada has not arrested this guy. Uh, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 40, uh, you know, people are going to look at it, okay, we haven't arrested this guy, but at least we haven't paid him $10 million like Omar Khadr.
4: Well, you know what, it's funny you should say that. I told someone that I was coming on the radio to talk about this, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll deal with him. We'll write him a check at some point in the future for the problems he's had, that he's had to suffer, the PTSD of learning how to kill and murder people somewhere else. He's a a victim. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously being a little sarcastic sort of thing, but this is the, you know... We have terrorist activities that go on in this country all the time. The US just issued by the way, I'm not sure a lot of people picked up on it, a travel warning for Canada for terrorism. It's never really? been done before. The US consulate put it out saying countrywide what? I I have it on my Facebook page, Crime Power and Politics. It was in the last couple of weeks they issued it. It might have been after uh, the the van attack deal, whatever that was or something, but they said, you're in danger. We just had out in Mississauga here in Toronto the other night, graffiti painted all over the side of uh, a Walmart. Big graffiti that says, we'll kill all the Republicans. And it was related to some sort of group that's making a terrorist threat again. We had letters that were sent up to our beaches up in northern Ontario that said, we've attacked your beaches, you people are too easy to deal with, we're going to ruin your tourism. And they had to close down beaches and they're finding broken glass, fish hooks, nails, needles in, in the water and in the dirt and things like that. So we have it going on here and we've got we've to start dealing with it. And I think this guy would make a good poster boy to show that, you know, there's a line, there's a line that you can't cross.
1: Okay, let's go to Victor in
0: Etobicoke. Hello, Victor. Hey, how you doing? Fine, how are you? You know, I got a problem with this, and I hope that gentleman can clear it up. Why is it that this guy is being charged when the other guy took $10 million from Trudeau for all this? I don't understand this. Can you explain it, please?
1: We were just talking about that, but Ross, go ahead.
0: I I I wasn't here, but I guess I just turned it on. But, you know, that yeah. pisses me off.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I
0: don't... I, you know, well, why don't I just give this guy $10 million and let him go? You know, that's it. I mean, Charles sure was an idiot. That's
1: okay. all I gotta say. Okay, but, you,
0: thanks, you know, Vincent. You know, oh, okay, you know. I on the radio. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Okay. V-
4: Victor's a bit upset, right? And he's yeah. and he's saying some stuff, but he's making the point though that yeah. this is the message that's being sent. This is the yeah. message he's yeah. getting, right? And let me tell you, when you work as a cop, and when I used to do security at places, and we had threats, and we had problems, we had to deal with. Same as. Uh, Let's put it this way. Look at what Israel does. What Israel yeah. says, they just had all that deal on their border the other day, right? Yes. Israel's very clear. You come and attack our fence, we're going to deal with you. It's not a, it's, it's a promise. It's not a threat. And if you invade their territory, you will get dealt with. You know, when I was a cop, I learned that early on. Don't make threats to people at what you're going to do. Give them, uh, promise them what their future is going to be. If I say I'm going to arrest and charge you, if you do it. Just don't make idle threats. And when you act that way, you get, you, uh, you deter, and people know how to behave better around you. So I think it's time we start sending that signal to people who want to become involved in terrorism and activating it and going over there and doing it.
1: Okay. Uh, so uh, basically, we're out of time. Uh, Ross, just before we go very quickly, uh, should we be giving the Liberal government a deadline to do something about this? Or...
4: I, listen, I think it's their job. It is their job to instill confidence in the public that they're dealing with this. And I, I, it makes us a laughingstock that someone would go on the New York Times and and say that I lied to immigration, I traveled on my passport, I, I trained to murder two people, and I came back and here I am. If if that's the signal they want to send, or they want to send another signal, I think it's time that they got their communications and, and uh, behavior straightened out on it.
1: Okay, that's all the time we have. Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, I'm sorry we couldn't take all your calls. uh, But uh, Free For All Friday is coming up. That's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. And we now break for traffic and news.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.